0: CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin Estates here in the west end of Richmond. It's Wednesday, January the 20th. The snowstorm is, I mean, there's like a little snowstorm or something coming uh, tonight um, that will then, I guess, disappear. um, And then we will get back to full tilt boogie snow um, starting sometime Friday. Uh, So <laughs> I was supposed to go to the game Saturday and then the game uh, Monday and went to Salem. I don't think I'm going to be able to go to either one of those because, uh, spoiler alert, I don't have a four, four-wheel drive vehicle anymore. Um, So those days of me traipsing off to, to Charlottesville in the middle of snow are, uh, might be behind me. Anyway, we're going to get into, uh, obviously, what has been an in- interesting uh, last uh, seven days for the Cavaliers. Coming off of the Miami win, you felt like, you know, uh, things might be in the head in the right direction. Then they go down to Florida State and eh, don't look real good in the in the loss. And then um, ultimately a uh, whole lot of questions and then a quick turnaround and then they get a win uh, at home against a streaking uh, Clemson team. So a uh, lot to dive into. Certainly college basketball, is this is a crazy year in the sense that every – like there's really no great team. And people are having a really tough time adjusting to that because like even the teams that like you know full well are not good people are calling them good and it's just it's just a shame. So we're gonna get into all that as well as you know what we what we're we're kind of expecting from the Cavaliers as they go forward. They got Syracuse on Saturday um, and then they go to obviously to, to wait for us on Monday. Before we do that let's go around and introduce everybody. Everybody at least tonight is uh, David Spence. Welcome back sir
1: good to be here <laughs> 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 David spent two days on the board at two days on Twitter.
0: Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Uh, great for, place for our in-game updates, content items, uh, and the occasional witty, witty, wit. The occasional witty banner. Uh, I had a guy last night uh, say something to me about asking me if we always do on Twitter the uh, final score with the game stats, and I was like, "Well, yeah, every time you know they're available." Um, and I'm always. I guess I. I guess I you do something enough and you just re- you just think everybody else sees it. So it's kind of nice somebody was like, "Oh, that that's really cool that you do that." Um also want to say again, thanks a lot to those of you out there who are supporting the podcast. Uh numbers are really cool. Um really digging the the Podbean uh integration, being able to embed it on the board. Hopefully folks are listening on their favorite uh iOS or uh Google Play devices. Um um. Or I got. I don't think I said that right. Whatever. All right. Let's get into uh, Virginia basketball. Um, thoughts, Dave, after last night's win. Did you feel relieved? Do you still have that feeling like you're not quite past the stomach bug? You feel like you can eat, but you're not. No, really I'm, sure? I'm still salty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I said a pregame on Twitter. I mean, I feel like I've been salty since the uh, the first loss, and you know, there's been varying levels of saltiness. But and you know. <sighs> Last night helped because not so much how the game played out. Cause, uh, you know, the first half was kind of a struggle. I thought we had a shot to put them away. And then again, we didn't. And then it was closer than it should have been at the end. Um, but there were some encouraging things last night. I mean, not to pat myself on the back, but, you know, I I kind of mentioned in the previous podcast that, you know, I wish every now and then we'd switch the screen out top when they're running that action that's hurting us. Um you know, kind of passing around the perimeter. We did a little of that last night, so there were some encouraging signs and some, some more of the same. Well,
0: see, to me, I like this win, in and in for, for one big reason, and the reason being that, like, how do I, how do I word this? Okay, Virginia usually beats teams that are pretty bad, right? That's kind of become a thing. Yeah, you know, they don't usually stumble against bad teams.
1: They kind of beat everybody lately. <laughs>
0: so, like, all right. So, so when they lost to Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, um, you got a little worried because you, you thought, you know what, maybe these teams are, maybe this team isn't doing what it normally does. Then, you know, you look at Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, and maybe they're not necessarily as bad as people expected them to be, but they're still not any, they're, not, they're really not that good, all right? The thing I liked about this win was, one, I think Clemson is better than everybody thought, mainly because Jerron Blossom game is better than everybody thought. God, that dude is a beast. But here was a situation, I thought, for Virginia where they, like, they didn't have a good matchup on him at all. And yeah. for them to beat a, beat a team who literally had the, they had the matchup advantage. Uh, I thought Clemson, like Virginia tried different ways to kind of counter it. But they just, Virginia really didn't have an answer for Blossom game. And they did some stuff, Tony said, after the game to kind of to try to take away some of his action. But I don't think they did it well enough because, I mean, he's still getting open looks. And I mean you can't say a lot of it was bad defense. I mean it was just the fact that in terms of like Mono they just don't have a dude that they could they can match up with a guy with his skill set. Not many you're not going to run into many guys like him who are uber athletic, big enough to be a powerful almost like a small power forward but also can really stretch you. And he's pretty good off the dribble too. I mean, he's really impressive. Um so I think for Virginia to 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 keep a guy like him at least in check and be able to get some semblance of stops was good. So for me, um, I think I do give that win a little bit more um, in the column than, uh, and they, I thought they also played well. Um, you know, they were never in control, and that, and that's something that is hard to adjust to because we're used to to the Cavaliers having, you know, those gaps, uh, putting together a cavalanche and then going on about the business. That's just not going to happen this year. This is this is kind of back to the days where. You know, everything was a grind. Um, and maybe we never really got away from, those, you know, watching those games. But this team, I don't think, is, is going to put people away. And then you just kind of coast, you know. Like, it's going to be nip and tuck. They're not going to be able to get stop after stop after stop. They'll, there will be moments when they get stops. You just have to be able to, to uh, you know, to, to, to cash in on them. And I think they did just enough of that last night. Um, I thought Devin Hall and Isaiah Wilkins were really good and if this team is going to be really good they're going to have to be really good it's clearly cl- clearly at this point tony has decided okay i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shorten the rotation at least a little bit he might go match up match decision on um on, when it comes to the post but realistically he's he's shortening his bench he's he's not looking to to play as many guys he might play some weird combinations um but he's decided to start hall he likes what hall is bringing I like Thompson coming off the bench. I know a lot of people are frustrated with the way he's playing, but realistically, he's your backup ball handler. So, I mean, he's going to play. Um, you're going to have to have times where, where London isn't on the floor. Um, as long as yes. Thompson is, is playing a little bit better team defense, I think he's okay. So, I, I, there was a lot I thought to like last night, but I'm like you. There was also a lot to be concerned about. Um, and, and, but I also don't know if the things you're con- if we're concerned about are really fixable. You know, I think yeah. you kind of got to be who you are. Uh, and just kind of be as good at that as you
1: can be. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you said he shortened the rotation, but everyone played last night except for Shayok.
0: Well, but but uh, but okay, but <laughs> but you had very they, clearly defined roles.
1: Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. But the kind of what was weird was the, the best basketball I thought we played at least offensively was that stretch. Uh, I can't remember what this the run we went on, but every. That whole stretch was with, initially it was with Malcolm and Gill and London were on the bench and then London, uh, Malcolm subbed, subbed out for London. So it was basically one of the big three with the four other guys. I think Toby, I want to say it was Toby Thompson, Hall and Wilkins maybe. And it just, the ball seemed to move better. Um, you know, it was crisper. It was, it was very odd. And then we brought in, we can't, went back to Gill Brogdon and London I can't remember the two others. I think Wilkins was still on the floor, and then right. we kind of stalled again.
0: Things got tight. So, it, yep.
1: yeah, it's you know, it's one game and you know one part of one game, so it's hard to draw much from it. But it was it kind of reminded me, and I think Tony even mentioned it in the post game about that whole trust concept that we've been talking about in a couple podcasts now. Um, whether it's trusting, whether it's the you know the leader, I hate to call him the big three because you know Mike's a good player too, but he's let's face he's not on the level of london malcolm and and gill um so i don't know if the trust issues between those three um but i think it's them trusting the other two who are on the floor with him at the same time and you know i i think wilkins did a left last night where i hope that maybe he's gained a little bit of trust because he had some great shots i wish he'd extend that range like six more inches that'd be nice um <laughs> yeah, you know, he's the, he's got to be You're leading whole, the AC. You get a extra point for that. Yeah. For foot on the line. Um and I thought Hall, you know, Hall doesn't have a whole lot of playing time in his career, but the games he's done well in, it, he's he's kind of he's kind of like LP. He, he hits that first shot, and he's a different player. Um and then London last night didn't you know, he wasn't himself. There's was clearly something going on. He got just nailed in the nose. Um still not quite sure how that was in a flagrant. I don't know how throwing your arms up and then shooting afterwards is a basketball move but yeah i guess i could let it pass um right but yeah i thought the defense last night was encouraging that throughout the game um blossom game's a good player and what even though he scored a lot i felt we we did a good job not reacting so much to him that we let other players get hot so it When it came to crunch time, it was up to him.
0: Um, Yeah, and and I thought, you know, even though Roper and and Holmes had some shots late, you know, really that one late three from Grantham was really the – I mean, I expected him to – especially once the Boston game got going, you have to think that somebody's going to be able to make something off of him. I thought Virginia made some nice tweaks, like you mentioned before, about the the switching on the the, the screen. I I thought that was a good move. Um, I also thought – you, I mean, can you remember a time last night where they they doubled the post?
1: I, I remember one time specifically, but that was about it. It's um, very highly unusual. And I don't know that it was a true double team. I think I think the big mishandled the ball, and it was just a kind of a reaction to the ball being loose for a second more than a true double. Um, but and they, we did a great job on the boards last night. Um, they, they didn't get their first offensive rebound until late in the game. Right. Um, and then, as usual, we gave up. I thought that what was the guy's name. That hit the three, the long three. Grantham, right? Yeah, that's one you just mentioned. He had, you know, he was basically standing on the bench with Brownell, and then they had the bank in three. So as usual, we yeah. give up six ridiculous points. Right.
0: Well, there was this- another one too where where a hand was just clearly in Roper's face, and I mean, you, you, you know, that's the thing is it like I think people have have gotten kind of jaded by uh, by the reality of them. Not being good defensively, and so they see a team hit a hit a shot, and they think that it's beca- it's because of bad defense. When in reality, that's not really the case. I mean, I, 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 you can you can always tell um, how Virginia played defensively by Tony's demeanor. Win or lose, I mean, he was he was fired up after that Miami game. He was very happy last night. Um, well, actually, let me re- qualify that. He wasn't very happy. He was happier. <laughs> um, I, I think he's still very frustrated with this team. Uh, there are clearly some things that, that he just doesn't understand why guys aren't uh, executing better. I, I think what I saw last night that still seems to be problematic for me, it's not necessarily trust. Trust implies that, to me at least, trust implies that like you have some doubt in somebody else. I don't think it's that they doubt the somebody else. I think is that they don't know... Um, how do I phrase this? They don't know... Where that somebody else is, like they just don't move as a unit, um, and I think that's the difference for them defensively. Even when they're having good possessions, a lot of their good possessions rely on somebody on the offense making a mistake, whether it's a bad shot or um, you know maybe rushing a move or not 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 um, not really uh, making the most of a screen. And that's not necessarily something that I'm used to seeing from Virginia's defense, but they just look very. They just look like a bunch of really good individual players that aren't necessarily. They aren't one group. Yeah. They're, but they're a group of guys as opposed to um, a bunch of guys in a group.
1: Yeah, I mean, we still. Even last year when we had Gil and Toby on the floor, or, or you know, there were still occasional breakdowns like that. Yeah. Um, but usually, when you had Gill and Toby on the floor together, you could bet Justin Anderson was there. So there were several times last year where one of them didn't rotate fast enough, and I don't think anyone doubts that you know they've had st- their struggles on defense throughout their career. Um, but you know, just as we've talked about before, it's just Justin would make an outstanding play and occasionally clean it up for him from the backside. Yeah, I mean, and um, what's
0: funny about it is is that Justin was a much better help defender. let me see, people, you know. This is also yeah. one of the things too like time has a has a funny way of of changing our you know our, our 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 the way our memory files things. Yeah. Justin was not a great on the guy defender. He was a great. Malcolm is a great on the ball on, you know. You want to you want to you need to have a guy on a guy for, to win the game, you want Malcolm to be that guy. If you want your team to have to stop a team from scoring, you want Justin out there. Yeah. Because he was a great help defender,
1: um, he, was, I mean, he was just so athletic, and his arms are so long. But I mean, it wasn't
0: just that; it was his. He had great instincts, and that's the yeah. Thing, that's I was that's, saying, that's, like, that's one of the things that lost on this team. Yeah, exactly. He could recover this. These guys, if you watch it, man, there's like one screen, and then a whole bunch of dudes are just running around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because of where the, the bird's nest is, that the media sits in at JPJ, uh, when they're when they're at the far end, which is the 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 basket near the band, like. I'm 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 not down. I'm not viewing them straight down. I'm not viewing them straight in. I'm I can kind of. I'm almost at an angle where I'm looking down into them, and like it's really evident when, when you have a when when like especially against Miami and there are so many of these moments where like Rodriguez would come off a screen and, and like all of these other guys are moving and you're thinking like yeah I know Miami's putting some pressure on you because they're trying to they're trying to create off of the off of the screen simply by movement you know mm-hmm. they want to put the pack line in a spot where guys have to think. And I think that's one of the things that I've seen with this team defensively is that they're all trying to think. They're not reacting. Justin Anderson could just react. Darian Atkins could react. Kiel Mitchell, Joe Harris, they reacted. Um, these guys are, are are still, for whatever reason, thinking, whether that's either thinking about what they're supposed to do or thinking about what somebody else is going to do. And that's why I think why you have all of these kind of – the lane is, is an easier place to, to travel now because – Guys don't have the feel of where their teammates are, and to me, the thing that makes the pack line so devastating is it's not necessarily the man-to-man part. It's the help principle. It's the zone principles that it uses. It's yeah. That, it's yeah, that you I never agree. you never get a clean look. You know, is that because you're coming? Your your man might be come trying to fight around a screen, but the but the other guy is there and he's there just enough to so you don't have a path, and so you have to you have to stall. Like, yeah, and, and that's, that's even more complicated
1: right by the fact that when they do get by, there is an absolutely no fear of getting their shot blocked. I mean, you can see it in the way that guys are going up for layups that you know because they they know you're not going to get it. You don't see guys reversing right. against us,
0: and and also too on that same note, you not only do you not see guys reversing, and you do see guys go straight up, but like they understand too that like they're probably going to get the call. Um, you know, Virginia for whatever reason. Has this has a I, I think among um, officials, and I, I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists. I'm not going to be over here, in my in my you know, um, my my little hat, you know, be you know, worry about the sky falling. That's my role on the
1: podcast. You keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no tin hat for me. But like, I do think Virginia has a reputation for being a very physical team, for doing a lot of grabbing, a lot of bumping, and I think that, um, I, I think I even said this on Twitter the other day, like. I would actually like it. And I don't mean, like, dudes, like, sprawled out like they got shot. But, like, when they take contact, act like you took contact. Because I think too often Virginia's guys just kind of go through it. Especially AG. Like, he just goes through it. And so his shot is impacted. But in terms of what the official sees, he just sees some some contact. He doesn't see meaningful contact. And I think sometimes that's what they're looking for. is not necessarily, did you foul? It was, was, did, did the foul change what's going to happen and I think guys are going to the rim and they don't care you know they're they're either gonna they're gonna get to the rim or they're gonna get a call um so not yeah, having always been that
1: speak. way and I think it was in the past is because he didn't trust his free throw shooting um, so he wanted to do all he could to make the shot um, this year I mean he's shooting a, he's great from the free throw line um, he shouldn't have any fear and then Malcolm who he knows a very good foul shooter seems like to me if he doesn't he'll do it early and if he doesn't get the call he kind of backs away from it a little bit until we get kind of behind the eight ball. Um, it's interesting the way Malcolm and Anthony um, kind of go back to what we're talking about when we do get in a bad spot. And and unfortunately for us in a few games, it's been a little too little too late. Um, but late in the Florida State game, um, you know, I, I thought Anthony got really aggressive and kind of got us back in it a little bit. And then last night, luckily it was on the good side when they started to close it down anthony got aggressive too when he's a, when he just turns and goes no one can stop him and
0: well and that's why, that's why it was such a big deal the way virginia tech and georgia tech fronted him cuz you know th- there's one thing I, th- I think we have to we have to take note of virginia just does not have an answer when the other team fronts they just have no idea like how to comfortably get the ball into the post with you know what i'm saying like there's yeah. no you know there's no i will say this about carolina like they do a really good job of of no matter how fast you get down the floor, it's like the ball gets there the second the guy turns. And so you don't even have a chance to front him because he hasn't turned. So the guy is running down the floor and literally he plants his foot and it's like a quarterback leading a uh, a wide receiver you know, out of a curl, you know? It's like the ball's gone regardless of whether the kid catches it or not. You know, he the, yeah. the ball is there. I think Virginia has to do more to get Gill involved when he's either uh, being fronted or being doubled because too often he just ends up becoming a, a blocker and that's it. And there, there's, no, you know, he's just screening a bunch of guys. Yeah. There's no threat to getting the ball. You're right. When, when, he, when he catches and turns, one of two things is going to happen either he's going to get a shot or he's going to get fouled. Very rarely do you see him turn, can't get anything, and have to kick it back out. But I also think, too, and this is one of the things about AG's game is like, I don't really think of him as a good passer. And if Virginia gave him more to work with, kinda like I was mentioning before, like when when, when Rodriguez would come off a screen, everybody was doing something. Sometimes I feel like with when AG's making his move, everybody's kinda just standing around. Yeah. Watching. Um and that, and that's okay if you're gonna go to the offensive glass, but you're but they don't. You know, so it's almost like I think Virginia's big problem this year is that when you can't get stops and you play the pace that Virginia plays, and I'm not gonna get in here and tell you that they need to hurry up. Though I do think they need to be more opportunistic when they have the when they have the chance, but when you put when you put that much pressure, it's 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 like we're having the same conversation we had about Virginia in the past, except we're just changing some of the details because of some of the changes to the game, and because Virginia's defense is just not as good, they don't get as many stops. And when you don't get as many stops, and you also aren't playing at a pace where you get a whole bunch of extra chances, you're not getting a whole bunch of different you know extra possessions. All of a sudden, the possessions you do get have to be. Really, really efficient, and right now Virginia is still one of the best, one of the top ten teams in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. Right, so the reality too is that like those times when Virginia's offense isn't scoring or they're turning the ball over, it looks real bad, Um, and I think that's something we're just gonna have to deal with for the rest of the season. Um, You know, like it or not, you know they got two fifth-year seniors. This should have been the year, but this this team is not gonna be dominant. This team can be very good especially if guys like Hall and Wilkins are making contributions like they were last night. I just don't think that you're going to see this team be great um, without unless, and here's the big if, if Tony could play Gill and Toby together and then he could bring Wilkins in as more of an energy guy and matchup piece, right? If, if, if Gil and Toby could play good enough defense where you could have them on the floor together, Tell me how you're supposed to stop that in the post.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough.
0: Because because Toby has the range where if he if he screens out to the top of the key and you hit him, he's he's he he can shoot that and it's pure, right? Pront is already shooting as well as he's shooting is a, is a threat no matter whether he's on um, the one throwing it in or or the one coming off the baseline. I think Virginia's best lineup is that, but it's got a huge asterisk, which is that like you can't do that unless they can play defense. Um, they're just not going to outsc- They're still not going to outscore people, you know. They're not going to be able to get into a track meet. But I do think that the, this team has some has some maybe some um, some some tricks left in, this, in the in the bag, so to speak. But like otherwise, they're just not, they're going to be very good, but they're not going to be great. They're not going to be dominant the way they have been. And I think that's a tough adjustment for folks.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not a just a Virginia issue I mean uh, so this is not a a conspiracy theory either I just think officiating is very bad right now and I don't mean bad and that was a bad call I mean it's just inconsistent it's, from it's whistle to you know from whistle to horn um, it's beginning of the game last night uh, just like the last couple of games I thought we got away with contact on our side you know Falling, falling Clemson down low. Um, and then at some point in the game, it changes like it it just disrupts the flow. The the games get really ugly. There's so much passing around the perimeter and then passing and driving. Um, the game, the game's not very pretty right now. The scores, which are supposed to be higher, I guess they're higher now, but as you see, as the teams who know each other start to play, those scores are coming down, um, so a lot of it has to do with the, offic- on the on officiating. If you're going to, I mean, compare the way the games were called early in the season, we were getting, you know, both teams last night were getting away with a lot more than that. Um, and then you add that on the top top of the fact that I, th- I think, you know, at, like you mentioned, at many times during the game, we shy away from initiating the contact because we don't get the first call. Um, yeah, that hurts the game, but. God, there was something else I was getting ready to go to. Um, but, you know, another thing, it's just there's so many guys who can shoot the three now, and it's just, I mean, call it the Steph Curry factor, whatever you want. It's a little early for it to be his factor, but, um, you know, I guess coaches are just looking for that, and you know, it amazes me. Like, I don't think of Clemson as a team that as, with a lot of three-point threats, and they made, they made a ton last night, and they took a ton.
0: Well, that's the thing, too, is that, like, this is also – think about the NFL, right? Dominant defensive teams, because of changes in the game, had to adjust, right? Yeah. There's some, there's some of this going on, too. I think nowadays you get a kid like Blossom Game, okay? A kid like Blossom Game who is very physical, right? Who – what is he? 6'7", uh, 6'7 six, seven, six, seven something like that, 215, 220, something like that. All right. Physical kid who can shoot. Six, seven guys are like gold right now in, the, in basketball because they do things that – they used to be you were a tweener, and that was a bad thing because you weren't big enough to go in the post and you weren't small enough to guard guards, right? Well, yeah. Now you can have guys who are more physical and more athletic at that size who can also shoot. And because of the premium put on the three-point shot – um you're right. I mean, you don't get a th- you don't you don't think of Clemson and think, oh man, like they have one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country or anything like that. But then you watch them: Roper, Grantham, Holmes, even Devoe to some extent, and Blossom Game all can shoot threes. Literally, the only two guys in their rotation who don't shoot are, are Noko and Tay. Like that's and that's just prevalent. Think back to the Virginia Tech game. Yeah, you know, think back to—I mean, to, to some extent, Georgia Tech. Although Georgia Tech ha- still has two big guys inside in in Mitchell and and uh, White, but in that game, you got George Hunt, you got Adam Smith, who is the typical you know rise and fire three point shooter that kills the pack line, and then you had Quentin Stevens, six foot nine, like one hundred ninety five pounds soaking wet, but six foot nine and that can shoot threes. You know, so I think that's the thing about the game right now is that there are guys who are shooting more. And the offenses are able to spread out. And the pack line is always going to give up threes. I've, I've said that, like, so many times in the last, like, week, <laughs> week and a half. Pack line's always going to give up threes. The problem isn't the threes. The problem is everything else that comes with them. You know, if, if a team comes out and they make eight, nine threes, it's not, that's not going to carry the day. What's going to carry the day is, is, one, what else are they getting? Are they getting anything in second chance points? Um, are they able to get, get to the free throw line? Um, are you making every shot tough, right? And then two, offensively, are you able to execute? Again, if you're going to be a team that plays a slower pace and you're going to be a team that has a tendency at times to to get a little bit too reliant on -on one-on-one ball, all of a sudden the efficiency has to be through the roof. And so I kind of feel like Virginia's in a tough spot because the game is saying be better. And they don't right now have the personnel to be better defensively. Now, we – Honestly, we can talk about this season, and we all—I I think everybody falls into the trap of looking ahead. But I'm telling you, a group of Austin Nichols and Mamadi Diakite and Isaiah Wilkins with Jared Reuter have another year. That's a—that's an interesting group. Jay Huff is a seven-foot th- shooter who has like rim protector shot blocking d- genes. Virginia has never had a guy so. like him, you know. So like, some of that help is coming. I kind of feel the same way, you know, we, we were talking about before the season, like, oh, well, they're they're not going to have the three-point shooters. Well, you know, London ends up being this year's Justin Anderson. The question is going to be whether or not he, he's already had the appendicitis, so now can, it, you know, can he keep his fingers from being broken? He breaks a finger, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Um, but, like, I just feel like in, in a lot of ways, Virginia has to kind of, like, make do with what they got right now. And I think Tony even said something to that effect last night, like, you know, he's not sure how good they can be. He just wants them to be whatever that line is. He wants them to get as close to that every night as they can get.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, I mean, I guess. Well, here, let me let me. If you had to narrow it down to an eight-man rotation right now, who who would it be for you?
0: Hmm, had to narrow it down to an eight-man. Like, rotation. Like if
1: we're gonna cut it, we're gonna play seven men. We're gonna have the eighth guy when we need it for foul trouble. Who are those eight?
0: Brogdon, Gill, Perante, yeah, okay, uh, Wilkins, Hall. Thompson Toby and Reuter
1: yeah I mean I think you know the I, seven I, I, I think I is pretty easy right yeah I mean, That, I, that I, first seven and I think Tony knows that too yeah um, someone played devil's advocate a little bit and and we've we've talked at the end of last year and the end of the year before you know where we too worn out at the end of the stretch because we played you know we did play our guys so many minutes okay. it, you know I right. I'm trying to tell you what I was telling myself last night, preparing to be salty if we didn't hold that game out. <laughs> hold off and win that game last night. It's about where we are in March. Um, so you know I wonder if some of that's in the back of Tony's mind. He wants to play some of these different combinations and not just pile the minutes up on,
0: yeah,
1: you know, I mean, on the big I ones. Think right I don't know that that's the case. No, no, but I think it, you're right.
0: I think to some, well maybe not necessarily in the in the frame that you're using it. I do think he's he's getting he's using some guys at this point. Simply because he needs to use other guys. Um, I think he he in his I think in his heart of hearts right now his five is Brogdon, Gill, Perantis, Hall, and then either Wilkins or Toby. Yeah,
1: depending on the matchup. Depending on the matchup,
0: and then also depending on how well they're playing. I mean, look, if Wilkins is out there popping, you know, Jays, hey, let him keep shooting it. Um, The problem I have with the with the rotation piece is that you can't. There's this there's this idea, and I and I understand that it's a, it's a very NBA mentality. But like, if you don't play a guy and he doesn't have any feel for the guys that he plays with, you know, you kind of like the one thing that works in the NBA is like those guys have specific times that they play. Like, you know, LeBron comes out at this time, you know, um, so other guys play and they play together unless you know there's some foul trouble or injuries or whatever. But like generally speaking, they they get used to each other, and like that's one of the things like I mentioned earlier, like a cohesive unit. You don't see these guys kind of being around. Like you just don't. They never look comfortable. They always look like they always look like they just met the dudes that they're playing with. They all they look like guys at like a um um at like a at like a gym, and like somebody called next, and you know you went around asking who wanted to play, like. They, like they they just figured out who they all are, and I don't mean that as like a huge negative. I'm just being honest. Like that's the way they play. Um, now yeah, I know that, that the they're tr- all close off the court. I know that they're all, you know, that there's a, a tight knit brotherhood among them and all. I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to squash that. All I'm saying is that the way they play, especially defensively, is very. Oh oh, sorry, I thought you were getting to him. You know, there's a whole lot of that going on, and I wonder if some of that will get kind of cold down a little bit as the rotation, you know, as as Tony now he's tightening the rotation and and guys, maybe we'll get some consistent minutes together. So it's not just about how long a player's on the court, it's how long that player's on the court with other dudes, the same guys. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, um, I could talk about this forever, but (laughs) this is not me trying to preemptively end end the podcast by bringing up our next game. But everything we're talking about, I think Saturday, most likely from what I've, um, you know, it sounds like Syracuse is going to do all they can to be here in advance. Um, so assuming the game happens Saturday in front of a very small crowd, which kind of takes away the, the JPJ boost, that is going to be a very interesting environment to watch this particular team in, you know, let's, let's assume it's a few thousand people there and it's not, you know, it'll be some energy, but not the normal energy. Um, Seeing that this team that has kind of these communication issues, we've seen at Tom, in an atmosphere that they can't get super excited in. Um, I don't don't say I'm looking forward to it. It, it might just it, it's going to be interesting. I don't know a better a better way to describe it. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. I just <laughs> no, I <understand laughs> what You're saying you're saying yeah. it's
0: almost going to seem like a, an away game at it's home gonna- in some ways, or or maybe the better way to say it is is that that the typical things that you that they the team is getting from JPJ probably won't be there Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I mean so it's, it's, it's gonna have that and it's going to be worse weird. than being on the road and getting yelled at and being able to get motivated by it. It's going to be that kind of weird like uh like going to you know, I'm trying to think of a good <laughs> a good place with no atmosphere. <laughs> but uh, well, the, yeah, it's going to be interesting—an interesting, an interesting like, day. Yeah, t- BC exactly. Yeah, a, you know, places a, we have histor- you know, yeah, historically you know, not done and, well.
0: Everybody and. struggles. Like I joke about, like how that's where good teams go to die. Like that's what happens. You get there, and like the place is just dead. And what's funny about this is that, like, we think of, um, you know, we think of, of venues and stuff, but like these kids have, I guess, in the intimidation factor, and also too, like the fact that like sometimes you need energy, right? But these kids play. Uh, like, they are used to this. Like, when they're in AEU, right, and they're playing, you know, and all these kids do, like, they're playing at 7.30 in the morning on a random Saturday in some back corner of, of a multiple gym uh, structure, right? And there's, like, 45 people watching, right? There's the sound of random whistles and and, and squeaking of sneakers all through the complex, Right. It's not like everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. come from that, and it's weird how like they get to this level. And you're right, they go to a place like Conti Forum where there's like nobody there, there's no energy in the building, and it's like you can't, y- y- you can't, you can't figure out how to get it going. And that's so foreign to anybody who doesn't play that, like hearing that, you just like people just their eyes glaze over. They're yeah. just like, really, you know, what? you're playing for the, you know, get 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 your stuff right. But I agree, it's gonna be if depending on how it plays out, it's gonna be interesting. How do you feel about just the X's and O's with Syracuse? Because watching them against Duke, and I clearly understand that, you know, Duke is not that great. But, again, this is a team with one kind of dominant big man, who and their dominant big man is only 6'8", right? Uh, I mean, I don't think they're really getting a whole lot out of uh, uh, Dewan Coleman. Um, yeah. But, you know, Roberson is a beast on the boards. And they're going to have clearly, you know, in Tyler Lydon, who was a kid, a 6'8 shooter, I think probably the closest thing to Jay Huff that Virginia's recruited. Um, He was a kid that, you know, uh, Virginia really liked. Um, So he'll stretch you a little bit. But then, you know, they've got Benajay, Cooney, um, and the other kid whose name is uh, Richardson. Um, So, like, it's going to be a weird matchup again um, in terms – because, I mean, this is not a typical Syracuse team. But then there's the added piece of the 2-3 zone, which is – you know, I feel like it's the they are the they are the Georgia Tech of you know what I mean. Yeah, like you, you play you play it only time you see it is when they do it, and they can they're the only ones that do it the way they do. How do you feel about this matchup Saturday,
1: uh, Craig? I mean, we've done well against them. We've had some that first that first half up there just atrocious, and then um, well most of that first half up there. And then we kind of went put them away after being down big. You know, working against the zone. You know, if you've got, you know, if your offense isn't on the same page, it's going to show. Um, I'm a little concerned because I feel even, even though it was better um, against Clemson, we still stand around way too much on offense. Um, now with a 30 second shot clock, if we kind of walk it up and then are lazy on our first couple ball movements, you know, that's kind of when the two three zone does its magic. Um, kind of the same way teams attack us. I mean, I feel like. When you get it there up there you know get down the court you know not, not running it but get it up with some purpose and, and probe the zone early and get it moving um, you know it, it's beatable uh, they've got some players on it's gonna what's going to be interesting is whether or not yeah, it's kind of that same debate we've had before. I kind of like us you know with with Toby and Gill against them on when we've got the ball. I just can't quite figure out how we guard them with that lineup, um, especially if they're if they're making threes um, like they did against Duke. Um, I'm not quite sure who they are. They're, they're certainly not a team you want to get riled up because they've got some – they can shoot. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. I expect us to be favored just because we're at home. But you know, there's really – I mean – It's a game where Wilkins will probably play a huge role because we'll most likely have to go small at times to guard them Um, But again, it's just I don't think it's a team. We've got to do anything extraordinary We just need to do what we're capable of doing uh, Which at times this year we haven't been able to do
0: Well, I think that's the other that's the other distraction Uh, Or I guess the the reality too is that like this team Virginia has has a lot more in the tank um, In terms of overall skill set than what we've seen and I think that is frustrating for a variety of reasons, mainly because um, I mean mainly because that's just not what has happened. But if you look around college basketball right now, crazy stuff is the norm. And so I feel like that's just you know kind of the way it is. I think that's a good I, mean, I feel to, like uh, Virginia's
1: almost due to just come out and just be on fire.
0: Yeah, that's true. We haven't seen it. We haven't I don't, when's the last time they had a game like that? Vi- could you say Villanova?
1: Villanova, maybe, but even I mean, that one wasn't huge. One, so. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. I thought last night during that run in the second half we might be seeing it. Um, but, it, you know, I'm talking about come out early, build 12, 15-point lead, and then we talk about how hard it is to come back on Virginia when you're 15 points down. Um, yeah, maybe maybe, that, maybe that'll maybe that happen Saturday, but it's, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, and then with the, another quick turnaround, it's we're definitely getting to the heart of the ACC, that's for sure.
0: Good deal. All right, let's let's uh, let's put a pin in it right there. I think that's a good spot to, to, to close this week. Also, for those of you who were wondering, Verber is, uh, was stuck in traffic earlier and could not make his scheduled appearance on the podcast, so we will uh, deduct that from his paycheck um, accordingly. I want to thank uh, all of you guys out there for listening. want to thank Dave for, for hanging out with me tonight and certainly thank everybody out there for su- their support of the site, um, especially as we've gone through the redesign. Hopefully folks are enjoying it. Uh, for those of us who actually... Uh, schedule and slot the content uh we're enjoying it quite well thank you uh it's very nice to have uh, modern day tools on the internet in 2016 uh so <laughs> hopefully everybody's out there enjoying it uh, thanks again for for that and for your support of the podcast for uh dave spence i am brad franklin publisher caps thanks for coming out we'll see you soon